Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Film Hustlers, coming to you live from Toronto, Canada, and uh, Hollywood, California, and Glendale, California, all over the place. We're all over the world. That's how we do it, player. How are you guys doing? Good. Good. Good, good. Good. Hey, I want to jump into our guest immediately because this guy... This guy. Is, has become this guy has become more than just an editor he's become a producer he's become a creator i mean he's doing some stuff man this uh, this guy his name is richard alarcon he is a terrific editor but now he's like he's transferred all of his uh, energies into do, being like a full-fledged producer editor director he kind of does it all right welcome rich thank you thank you welcome rich that's a good intro hey, wow huh? wow hey. You know, I've always said though, editors, dude, because because they're there cutting everything. They have a great eye, and if if they could master those other things, they're actually, to me, they're like the filmmaker because they they know what they need because they're they're sitting in bays putting things together and they know what works and what doesn't work. And so, you know, a lot of editors have become great directors and great filmmakers. So, Rich. You got the magic wand. You got the magic wand. The magic Thank stick. <laughs> Thank you. I want to say to our audience, because it's funny, a lot of people listen to the show and, you know, maybe you get inspired, maybe you don't, maybe you like to listen to us just mess around, but Richard Alarcon, who I've known for a lot of years, we worked on a lot of projects together, uh, actually has used the show against me numerous times. <laughs> <laughs> he listens to a show and then he uses it against me to negotiate uh, a deal, which is really funny, but... But he's very valuable, so it's hard to say no to him. Extremely valuable. I'd pay Rich anything. Thank it is. What are you What are you up to these days, Rich? Well, no, just got back from Mexico. Uh, we were supposed to be there for two weeks uh, on a shoot for a very special musical project, and we ended up staying for a month. Um, Damn, that was, that was crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Your IG looked like a lot of fun. That's an amazing amount of time, by the way. Like, uh, you know, to go from a couple of weeks, uh, it's a documentary, I know, because I'm involved with it, but to go from a couple of weeks to a month of shooting is uh, is a big, big uh, difference. And, you know, I was, I was talking to someone today. I was like, they shot for a month. In that time, I would have shot a movie and wrapped the movie. So you guys did a True. lot of work, like, you know, almost almost as much work as you, you would maybe actually you did more work than you would need to do a feature film that is an hour and a half long. I mean, yeah. so how much how much footage did you get? Well, I mean, the thing is that I believe we shot 18 different interviews wow. in 24 days. Um, we had a few travel days, but. The interviews are really, really difficult down in Mexico because it's basically you're going into somebody's house and you walk into their house and you're like, where are we going to shoot the interview? Do they even have a chair? I mean, these are it's kind of poverty stricken people here. And where the light, how are we going to get lights? And, and it, it, it was very difficult. I mean, it's guerrilla filmmaking to the tea man i mean we were like at one point i was putting my my camera on a chair on top of a table <laughs> to try to get a good angle you know with a couple of books okay now you're making me nervous now you're making me nervous <laughs> no, well you you've seen some of the stills you know we got some really good interviews i mean sound was rough we didn't have i mean we had a two-person crew and i don't count the director i mean uh, uh 
apologies to the director, but I mean, she was concentrating on the talent and talking to the talent and coming up with the questions and coming up with, you know, so it was just two people trying to set up all interview, trying to make it look good, trying to make it sound good, trying to light it, trying to, you know, it was difficult. Yeah. Sounds like it. Well, I mean, sometimes making movies is difficult. I mean, uh, Tootie had <laughs> well, the same sort of situation with uh, Made in Mexico where you're just doing it all and you're, you know, pulling like pennies together to figure out, you know, how to get your shots and you're sweating and you're getting people food and you're getting their wardrobe together. You know, it's it's a complicated. At least you had a script. Complicated. <laughs> we had a script and I, and I, and I can understand, Roberts, because you're over there in Canada. I mean, you have it really rough there. I mean, who's going to get your latte tonight? Anybody or is it? I'm slumming it. Delivery. I'm slumming it. <laughs> yeah, you're slumming it. All right. <laughs> Do you have a massage? Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, no, that's tomorrow. It's that's Friday. Not like that. Oh, no, it is like that. that. <laughs> it's very nice and it's very, uh, very well organized, and there is a considerable amount of money. But, um, but yeah, you know, we have our struggles, and we have to cut down areas. So it's not unlike um doing indie but it is not exactly like doing indie <laughs> <laughs> oh and, and then he laughs david it's it's like you did but it's not <laughs> what a dick i'm sorry i'm sorry but it is uh it is uh probably one of the coolest jobs i've ever had so i'm not gonna lie no it's beautiful darkness was, but it's been, um now, Beautiful Darkness is an important film to me, too. You know, I mean, look, uh, everything I do, everything you do, everything anyone sh does in this business should be the best that you've ever done. Right. Because it's funny. I was um, having a conversation with the crew today and I was saying, look, we all um, do movies. We do them all the time. But the truth is, is that you're like an athlete when you're uh, when you're a filmmaker. Right. When an athlete goes out to play a professional game of basketball they don't say, oh, well, you know, I do this every night, so I'm not going to give it my all. They actually go out there and create magic, right? If you think mm -hmm. about great basketball players, they they take shots that no one's ever seen before, and all of a sudden they're on highlight reels for the rest of their lives and our lives, and you're like, how did they do that? Well, every day you go out there and you try to do something special with your work. Um, athletes do it and so do filmmakers so even though we all do the same kind of you're telling a story you're trying to make it happen you do want to go out there and make magic every time and you don't know what's going to happen but if you bring your a game there's going to be something cool yeah that's the most important thing you bring your a game you know i tell my kids this even with sports training you train like you're gonna like you're competing you know like you give it your all every time you go out there regardless so you and you always want to up your game you know from the last project you did yeah, I think I think you have to, you know, and you learn something, you know, I think uh, I, I'm even learning now. I think I learned something from Beautiful Darkness. I learned, you know, I learned a lot. You know, Rich Alarcon and I did uh, um, Carlos Almaraz playing with fire and uh, it was a very long project. Um, we kind of hit and miss here and there. Um, and somehow, you know, him and I and the directors and everyone involved with the project kind of stuck with it. And after, I don't know, was it three years, Rich? Yeah, it took about three years. Oh, I wanted to interject here, though. You can get a dove for 20 bucks in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 20 bucks, Robert. 20 bucks each dove. Hey, $40 if you want it all white. All white. Uh, Those are doves, not pigeons. Yeah. Those are doves. Next level. Well, that's, that's very upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> Live and learn, live and learn. 
yeah. So, to, so you know, you've you've gone, you've come a long way in your career. You've been nominated for Music Video Editor of the Year. Your music videos have been nominated for Music Videos of the Year. I'm sure in some cases people have won. You've edited uh, videos for Pitbull. You've edited videos for Mark Anthony. Uh, I know I'm missing a lot of people, but you've done some amazing work with some amazing people. You and I have worked on films together. Like what? Where did you come from and how did you get started? And like, you know, how do you feel about where you're at? Well, I, I think it's always the, the luck of the draw. I mean, I went to UC San Diego and um, I was I was fortunate that Dan Leventhal, who graduated from UC San Diego, he started editing music videos like with Gin and Juice with Snoop and stuff. And he basically just called down to the school and said, hey, uh, is there somebody that does music videos? And I was in a band, and I was editing, directing music videos for my friends' bands and my band. And um, they gave him my name, and he called me, and I, you know, he said, come up to Los Angeles. And my first job was assistant editor on Gin and Juice with Snoop Dogg. Nice. You know, that was my literally my first job in Hollywood. Yeah. And within three months, I was... I was in at Paisley Park editing a music video for Prince. Wow, that's I mean, amazing! It's a, it's a crazy story. By the way, I knew you back then. And then single action with uh, Carlos Gallardo, who was uh, the original El Mariachi, and I brought that film to you because um, uh, you know we couldn't really do it at the place I was working at, and that sort of really cemented our relationship together. And we've been working together ever since. Pretty much yeah. ever since. You yeah. know, we did another movie, Bravo, with Carlos. Uh, so. That's that's where it kind of all started. I mean, the music videos, yeah. And Rich is actually from like my area. I'm, he's from National City. I'm from Chula Vista. It's so crazy that lots of talented people. and I are from the same. <laughs> yeah, same. I mean, we probably dated the same girl. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, we had school rivalry, right? <laughs> yeah, you with the Sweetwater. Yeah, no, we gotta take it easy. But no, I mean, look, a lot of talented people come out of San Diego. It's it's amazing. It's I, I'm not sure what they put in the water, like fertilizer. Well, you guys Mario really was there. Lopez right? from Chile. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah so. It's pretty cool. But let's talk about Paisley Park for a second. I do remember you were working on all these music videos at our, at, you know, Lori and I had like a couple of avids used to do music videos there. And then all of a sudden you're on a plane on your way to work with <laughs> Prince. Like, how did that happen? I had just right place at the right time. Uh, Dan Lebenthal was off doing a Dead Presidents, a movie for the Hughes brothers. And so he had sort of transcended music videos at the time and they called and they actually requested him and I would just happen to answer the phone. Yeah. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> and, and, and they're like, oh, we really want Dan. And I'm like, well, I had music videos and I, said, I named a couple music videos and then literally three hours later, they said, we're sending you a plane ticket. Come, nice. Come to Paisley Park. Wow. So it, yeah. How was it, it to crazy. work with him? Um, it was, it was, it was insane. I mean, one of my heroes, you know, I mean, that's your musical icons. And I'm sitting at Paisley Park and editing with him. And I'm, I, don't, I, I, I don't know about this story. It's but, just, but did you run hoops with him? It's interesting, you know. <laughs> did he make you pancakes? Did you, make no. you, did you run hoops and he make you pancakes? No, no, I did not. I did see the, um, I did see the basketball court, though. Oh, so the legend, <laughs> the legend lives on. Yeah. Yeah. What I think is really interesting, and there's a connection here, uh, which I think is pretty unique. Um, 
you know, we're sponsored by ExtremeMusic.com. Yeah, ExtremeMusic.com. Um, Russ Emanuel supports our, our podcast. And David, Dave and I went to interview him, uh, I don't know, a couple months ago. And we were there at his place, which is amazing. And he said, hey, um, you know, we're doing music with, uh, with Snoop Dogg. And I think he had some other people. But he actually played a track that was Gin and Juice with an orchestra that they were going to be <laughs> yeah, performing yeah. at the Hollywood Bowl. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Amazing. It was a full orchestra with Snoop singing, you know, Gin and Juice. It was absolutely incredible. The coolest thing you've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, something like you've never heard before. It's crazy. And um, anyway, I just just to point out, you know, ExtremeMusic.com does all kinds of things, especially their founders. Uh, Russ Emanuel played for the Queen, does a lot of stuff. But ExtremeMusic.com, uh, we all use. And funny enough, I think, Rich Alarcon, I think you go to ExtremeMusic.com all the time for your stuff, right? Oh, yeah. What I like best about them is the stems. Is that you know They'll give you just the drum beat, just the guitar track. And so you could kind of make even your own song out of their music. You know what I mean? Just using, breaking it down. That That's... That's really, really not a lot of uh, music sites do that. It's pretty cool what they created. It's all, uh, it's all for the filmmakers and content creators and editors and all that. If you want to get some great music, go to extrememusic.com. Um, what I definitely want to talk to you about, Rich, is how you have become now like this full-fledged filmmaker. Uh, you create content, you you edit, but you also produce, and you also now you've like I've never noticed you go out on shoots before where you actually are part of the crew and and doing interviews with people like how in the world did you get into getting out of your editor chair like how did that happen I, you know <laughs> I, I, I i chalk it up to anthony bourdain really you know uh anthony bourdain no reservations parts unknown layover all his shows they've always been a favorite of mine and that's always been a sort of dream of mine to sort of do a show like that and when presented with this uh, opportunity to go down to Mexico and travel through Mexico and do these interviews um, with mariachis I, I just I couldn't say no I, I it just intrigued me so much and I channeled my inner Anthony Bourdain and got my ass <laughs> on a plane and went down there and way out of my comfort zone I mean uh, I'm an editor I like to, you know, have a controlled environment. I sit in a dark room by myself <laughs> most of the time. And, you know, and I, I come up with magic. But being on set and being down in Mexico, you know, my Spanish is a little shaky. So it was tough. But um, it was at my age to be able to do that was really sort of, I mean, I, I, I'm choking up right now. It was, it was really kind of life changing. I mean, I, I, I really felt like I blended, you know, went all in on this and, and I did my best. And I think I really, really helped the, the, the creative process. I think I helped the director, you know, where sometimes maybe she didn't go in depth enough on an interview. I was, I was there to say like, whoa, no, you need to ask this. You, you asked this to the last person and you forgot to ask it this time. And, you know, I was able, I was able to help. It was great. It was way out of my wheelhouse. That's the exciting part about about production is that, you know, whether you're an editor or whether you're a director or producer, you kind of you do it all. I think the key um, is that it's a creative process, you know, like you can't always do it all perfectly. Like someone, you know, when you have a team and someone can remind a director, remind the editor, remind 
the producer, hey, don't forget to do this, or hey, you did this last time. It's just really useful. I think it's great that you stepped out of your comfort zone and did something like that. I think uh, it's going to benefit you in the long run. I mean, you know, look, if I have to be honest, like doing documentaries is not going to buy me a new house or a new car or anything like that. But um, but it's a piece of art that I uh, I like to be part of. And I know it takes, you know, an arm and a leg to finish those types of projects, but they're valuable to the world, especially if it's a subject matter that has not been covered. And that's what I look for, something that's really going to open people's eyes. We did that with Almaraz. I hope we do it with this project. But uh, but yeah, look, congratulations, dude! You're doing great work, and you're stepping outside of your your room, and and you know, for me, you've done the most remarkable edits and been part of the producing team on projects that wouldn't have actually made it to the screen without your help. Yeah, wow, well, that's yeah. Um, that's high praise coming from you. Thank and, you. And you know, same for me, Roberts. Like with Made in Mexico. Yeah. The, the cut that I gave Rich and the cut that he made are two completely different films mm-hmm. with mine being not very good. <laughs> I wouldn't say it. Wouldn't say. It wasn't. Okay, but let's just say you really took it to the next level. Well, you and still so, have to thank the pandemic for that. That's true. That's the <laughs> one had, good thing. I literally had nothing to do for three months. No, I, and so I obsessed <laughs> over your film. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it was great. I remember Rich was telling me, send me more footage. Like, I can't. Ha- I don't have any money. It's okay. <laughs> just said it to me and I was like oh shit <laughs> and it just kept coming out better and better but what I have a question for you Rich yep. when you were down there in Mexico were you like in your head were you doing like VO of like when a landing in Mexico oh, like Anthony Bourdain that was it playing over in your head like your journey yes. <laughs> yeah, you were going to write it I had to give a shout out to the DP Maximilian Foschiger because he um, he he's a writer he, yeah. he he wrote a lot of stuff that was hilarious like it, it would be <laughs> like Mutual of Omaha like I thought this probably you guys are too young to know that but um it, yeah, it was some it was some crazy voiceover, some crazy Anthony Bourdain type voiceover stuff that hopefully nobody will ever hear. <laughs> <laughs> you guys should have done the making of. You guys should have done the making of. That would have been funny. Oh, we have some behind the scenes stuff. <laughs> that's I mean, good. That's Ma- good. Max went out at like two a.m. for tacos and almost got rolled by six dudes <laughs> with face tattoos. And he has video to prove it. <laughs> he bought them all tacos. Of course, you got to be. Then they were cool. Then they were cool. Yeah. Then they were cool. Yeah, you got to buy people stuff, but um, especially if you're white. Um, without you and Max, there would be no documentary because, first of all, again, documentaries don't have a lot of money, and you've got to figure out how to make this happen. And you have to have people willing to do the art for uh, for what you have uh, budgeted or what you've raised or whatever. And and uh, and it's so satisfying to have you guys on it to know your part of telling the story because you know it's going to get done you know i could i know i could trust you and mm-hmm. i know that you're going to come back with the goods and yeah you got something wear a about diff- a good yeah. team you got to wear different hats you just can't go on the you know on a location and think you're just the dp or you're just yeah, the yeah, sound yeah. guy you know you have to wear different hats and you just have to wherever something needs to get done you do it yeah although i wish you would have let me take this guy over here david dave yeah <laughs> <laughs> Three of us would have been golden. 
I tried. I that was my first go to. I was three. I needed three people. I was going to Davy Dave, but you know, there's no money for that. It it would have been it would have been great to do it, but there was no money for that. Um, Really? Because when I asked you afterwards, you said, "Oh, that's a great idea." (laughs) It's too late now, but yeah, yeah, that would have been good, huh? (laughs) Davy Dave knows the truth. I asked Davy Dave first. He knows that. Um, But uh, but I think. (laughs) <laughs> Don't be quiet, David. Dave. Tell the truth, man. He's crickets um, over here. He's raising his he's raising crickets. his hell arms. Like, what are you talking about? I'm gonna go to extreme music and buy and get some uh, dramatic music right now. <laughs> um, but no, it's uh, it it is uh, it is really impressive. And you know, I think we talk about it on the show all the time. I think if you're listening and you're thinking about doing your own projects and doing um, doing uh, whether it's a documentary or it's a movie or it's a short or whatever it is, there's no rules anymore. I mean, not that there were before, but there was a time when if you were doing film, you only did film. Now you could do it all. You could be yeah. an editor. Yeah. You can be a director. You could be, yeah. you know, you could be whatever you want as long as you have a story that is compelling and can uh, continue to, you know, sell. Then it's great. But I will say this: you find someone like Rich Alarcon. And you stick with them because these guys are the ones that put projects together that are sellable. If you don't have a sellable project that has a story that makes sense, you're never going to sell it. And people like Rich make it happen. Well, all the big directors, dude, if you think about it, they put their editors on retainers because they don't want to lose them. So, Rich... Here's some more ammo for you going forward. <laughs> no, no, don't give him any more ammo. He's always negotiating against me. Yeah. Um, but no, if I could, you know, if I could, I would have uh, Rich on everything I do. I mean, he's a, he's an amazing editor. But like, yeah. if you were to give, an, if there was an editor out there, like uh, coming out of, uh, you know, San Diego, out of college, like, what advice would you give that person? Uh, I would tell them to sort of stick with a good group of people. I mean, it's, it's, it's really about getting a foot in the door and you can't get a foot in the door unless somebody kind of opens it a little bit. So you need to get out there and just meet people. And that's something I, I've usually always been really horrible about, but <laughs> um, yeah, you just, just got to get yourself out there. You've had a mentor probably your whole career. His name his name's Dan Leventhal, who's done some amazing. He just did the Dungeons and Dragons movie. Yeah, he just edited the Dungeon. Didn't he do um, um, uh, Spider Man or something? Yeah, like the last three Spider Man movies. The, but the Dungeons and Dragons movie, Bad Boys Four. I mean, he's done so many damn movies. <laughs> so, so would you? I mean, would you say you were just lucky to have met him and, and that he ended up being like your mentor and, and you got all this great work from him? Like, like if do you recommend to other editors or other filmmakers to like hook their hook their wagon to someone that they trust that is bigger and better than they are? Or how would you how would you put that? I don't know. That's a, that's a tough one. I mean, I think you still have to make your own way. You know, nobody's going to just give you a job really i mean you still have to show talent you still have to work hard and and that's i think the 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 ticket is just working hard and keep keep going and the thing is there's going to be a lot of doors that are going to be closed like they're just going to slam the door right on your face and you got to just keep 
knocking and keep going and and that's you can't take no for an answer if you really want to be in this business i mean there have been a lot of times where i've been knocked down and hell i mean we didn't finish the print story but prince fired me and sent me back home <laughs> after three days because i met i you know i made a silly comment about a hat he was wearing so you know even so that sounded like a great story opened up the show blah blah, blah but you know the end of it i ended up getting fired and, and sent back home so you know th things you just you just have to keep going forward and and keep persevering yeah that perseverance is the thing yeah it's kind of what you preach roberts don't get stopped yeah, you can't get stopped. You got to believe in yourself. But, you know, you also have to know what you do. You know, you have to know your um, you have to know what you what you love and what you're good at, because a lot of times like you try to get involved with certain things and it doesn't quite work out because it's just not your true calling. You know, I think when you really find out what you truly do, like Rich, you're an editor. I know that you love it. I know that you've always felt comfortable doing it. I know that you bring like a very keen eye and, and timing to movies and to all the projects you work on, you know, your sweet spot. Now you're kind of working yourself out of that into other things as well. But, uh, but I think you have to find your sweet spot. You have to know what you're great at and really go after that. Um, well, I tell you, um, I think the key for a lot of people out there is to, again, continue to dream, continue to work on, you know, great ideas, continue to put your stuff down on paper. If you're a writer, you know, I know, I know a lot of great writers and they write every day. Writers that love to write, write every day. They can't stand it. If they don't write, they don't feel comfortable if they don't write. Um, people creating ideas, they're out there creating ideas. People like Rich are editing, uh, people like Tootie and, uh, and David Dave are out there creating content, thinking about what else to do all the time. It's kind of a neat community. You know, I, I, I love, uh, I love having known all you guys for all these, all these years. And I know that everyone works hard, but I think the key to, um, to doing great things is to just continue to do what Tootie said is that, is that not, not give up. Uh, Rich Alicon said it too. Don't give up. Keep working hard. Don't get stopped. Um, and keep being creative. Yeah. Yeah. And do the work. You know, like yeah, I was listening to um, J.J. Abrams was saying how, in this interview, how um, it used to be no excuses about, um, like, going forward or writing a script. If you want to be a writer, go and write. Now he was saying, if you want to be a filmmaker, go and make a movie. Because it's easier than ever to do it. Yeah. You have apps on your phone, on your computer. Like, go and start making stuff. You know what I mean? Write something and go and shoot it and make it. Might not be the greatest thing, but just start some. You got to start somewhere at some time, and and just like we were talking about earlier, you want to keep growing. You know what I mean? Get better with each project. You know, put invest more time, invest more. Um, you know, go out and ask for favors if you can't if you can't afford something, and just keep going forward and keep making stuff. And eventually, you're going to get to level. That's that's what Tarantino said too about filmmaking. He didn't go to film school; he went to films. And your his film school was his first movie that no one's seen because it was so bad. He said that he he just shelved it, and so but that taught him all the lot of the lessons that he needed to learn to become the Tarantino we know today. In each film, you learn something different. You make a mistake in every film. You learn from it, and you don't make that mistake the next time. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, that's, re that's great advice, too. Um, 
but I definitely think uh, I definitely think it's like that throwing your hat over the fence. I mean, I, I want to go back and talk about Beautiful Darkness for a second because, well, first of all, Rich Alarcon edited <laughs> Beautiful yeah. Darkness. I, I, yeah, hats off to him; he's doing a great job on that. But you know, well, I, let's I not talk go about hats to, with Rich though. Okay, it's a touchy subject because right, of yeah, Prince. Right? Subject. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> was were you taller than Prince? That's all I want to know. Oh of course, God, of dude. Course. The guy was a digit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sorry. <laughs> Little person. <laughs> he was, he, yeah, he was pretty short. <laughs> I'm gonna have to cut that out. Um, <laughs> but no, I want to go. I want to go to Beautiful Darkness because we did throw our hat over the fence on that. I, it's a really good example. I mean, if you listen to the show, you can go back and listen to some of those shows at the beginning where we conceived it, where we pitched the ideas, where we let the best idea win. Then it got written. Then we kind of worked together to kind of make it good. And then we started asking people for money and raised a good chunk of money to make the movie. But I was nervous. I was not like completely confident about it. I thought, Oh, this could, this could go sideways. I can get on, on the podcast and people can say no. But again, uh, uh, you know, I was able to bring some people to the table. Tootie wasn't sure if he can bring some people to the table. He did. And um, and when we asked, most people said yes. So I was nervous. But in the end, you know, you get over that fear. You ask people for the dough. Then you have to get them to deposit it. And that wasn't easy either. But uh, it happened. And, uh, and it was because we were like, F it. Let's give it a shot, you know. And it worked. Good job. Yeah. Good job. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a good oh, short thank film. You. Thank I mean, you. Thank you very I, much. I, I, I'm hoping we're all going to, you know, all black ties and film festivals absolutely right. yeah i'm hoping we get some oh, money no, out we're of gonna it to be, make it in the future we're gonna be black tie at a bunch of film festivals i think uh but yeah i mean look the goal there was to show people to these ability to to um write a script to these ability to really shoot a movie and then that's going to give him the opportunity to sort of move on to bigger things i mean he shoot he can he can probably direct anything on television any drama any thriller on television right now just based on the work that he did on um, beautiful darkness yeah. did, did you record that david did you did, <laughs> are the light is the light going <laughs> yeah we're good okay we're good i'm gonna hold you to that roberts bro think about it you worked with three of the biggest star you worked with three of the biggest talented stars in the world i mean really biggest yeah. people on television uh, in film, yeah, Emilio Rivera, Efren Figueroa, Pepe Sedna, who's a legend. Yeah. Um, even Rick Livingston, you know, was uh, kind of gave you uh, gave you a great performance. You know, yeah. I heard David Dave makes a cameo in there. Yeah, <laughs> David Dave did. Yeah. Fun. So does Benny, that ball. Every time I mention <laughs> David Dave, it's cricket. Yeah. <laughs> and your son, your son, your son was in it. He did a great job too. Yeah, so. Thank you. Well, let's um, let's uh, congratulate Rich on his amazing career and on his constant movement forward and and chameleon type attitude towards all of the That's work that happens, <laughs> you know. But um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, this is a good one, man. Um, Rich, you've had a great career. Continue the good work. We're gonna keep working together on lots of things. Thank you, thank you. And um, shoot, yeah, our pleasure, man. Thanks for being on the show, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next time on Film Hustlers. Yes, later, Robert. <laughs> I gotta go, guys. See you later. All right. All right. All right. Late. Bye. Cue the music. <laughs>